Amazing. So it's our first Women's Midweek of 2022. Yay! Yay! Woo! Cool. Um, to be able to get this opportunity to be together, to get into God's word together. And um, as I was thinking about what to pursue as women as we go into this new year and, you know, we're in new community groups and we're in, you know, new things going on. Like what, what is, what is the vision of where we're going? You know, like not just looking back, okay, let's spackle over or whatever, but really looking at what, what is God doing with us, what is God doing in Portland? How can we partner with what the Holy Spirit is doing among us? And one of the things that I've seen God doing in my life and something that I've been seeing in a lot of you guys' lives that I talk to you is that we're really trying to figure out how to take this thing with God deeper, how to be deeper in our walk with God, how to make it something that's really genuine, that's really lived out in our day-to-day lives, that really makes an impact in the world around us. Um, And so I wanted to start um, with something that you guys may have been hearing a bit of, you know, maybe from Steve or maybe from me, but this concept of being before we do, right? Of not just going and, you know, checking off the list, but being first. And so that's really the core of what um, we're going to be talking about over the next couple months in different areas, right? Um, Of of what it it means and what it can look like for us um, as women here in the church to be before we do for God. Um, and so today is really the, the core of all of it, which is being with God, which comes before anything. Um, so when I first started coming out to the church um, when I was in college, the thing that really, really drew me to this fellowship was seeing young people who were really serious about trying to do what the Bible said it stood out to me so much to be like people were reading the scriptures and saying, how can I apply this? How can I live this out? And it was amazing to me. And so when I became a disciple myself, it was like, okay, like teach me how to do, teach me how to do, teach me how to do. And that's what I did. And as I grew deeper and, you know, matured in Christ, it was like, okay, there's a greater understanding of what, just how much there is to do. (laughs) Um, And just how much you can fill your life with, and I, you know, like, okay, going here, going there, doing this, doing that. Um, and then it became even more so when I married Steve, right? And he was in full-time ministry. And even though I didn't have a full-time staff position in Miami, just de facto, I was in the ministry, right? Um, and so there was more doing and there's more doing. And there came a point where I felt just completely exhausted and empty and I was physically present, but I was gone. My body was there, but I, I had left the building, right? And there came a point where I, I realized what was going on, and I remember, like, getting open with Steve about it. This was, like, probably around, like, maybe 2017 or something like that. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be wicked, but I don't want to be righteous. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so tired of, like, thinking of all the things that I have to do in order to be a good Christian. And it like, could I just like not? And um, got through that, right? And one of the questions he asked me was like, okay, so what, what sin do you want to go out there and do a wickedness? I'm like, I don't want to like sin. I don't want to like, you know, put a rift between me and God. I just like, I'm tired of doing stuff. Um, and so I kind of, you know, wiped the knuckle on my way through, realized, okay, I don't want to leave God. So I'm like, okay, let me try to take baby steps. But it's really challenging, especially when you know, you know, like I'm not, 
a, a, an infinite Christ anymore. I'm not like, okay, so this is like the, the tiny list of like, okay, just make sure, you know, you don't curse and you don't sleep around and you don't, you know, you, you read your Bible, you pray, all right, you're, you're a Christian. It's like, I'm more and more aware of, you know, in theory, the list of things that are required to be, to be good. And it was overwhelming. And so one of the things that has really changed recently for me is, and many of you guys may have heard this before, right? Reading this book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship by Pete Cesaro. And for me, it was just like a watershed moment because he put into words so much of what I experienced. Like in the introduction, he talks about the church that he built. And when you read through the resume of what he did and what his church did, it checked all the boxes of what we would say, this is a successful church. You know, you've got people doing outreach. You've got people who are giving their lives to Christ. You've got, you know, leaders being raised up. You've got the poorers being served. You know, like, people are, you know, reading their Bibles, da-da-da. You look at him like, yeah, like, this is, this is what it's about. And yet he said, I realized that was, my discipleship was shallow. And I realized that it wasn't truly transformative and it wasn't authentic. And I'm like, golly. Um, and as I looked into it more, I was like, you know what? There's some of the basics, the basics of walking with Christ and, and walking with God that I was glossing over and skipping over and that that was causing a lot of the burnout that I was experiencing. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that probably a lot of us in this room have experienced that at different times where you're like, man, I, I'm supposed to be, this is supposed to be the full life and it feels like I'm running on eat. Or you know someone who's experienced that. Or you're talking with someone and they're like, I don't get it. So like you just run around and you go to meetings and I don't, I don't understand how this is supposed to change my life. And so I'm hoping that tonight as we talk about um, just the concept of being with God, that it helps to center things in their proper place, right? Um, and really want to make the case that that's what God really wants. That's the source. That's the, where everything begins. That's um, what fuels our lives is being with God. And that's ultimately where it ends, is being with God. And so we're going to take a little journey through the scriptures. Um, I'm going to click this. I think the slides are, may not be present, so let's work with me. We're going to be in First Genesis 1. Start at the beginning. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So Genesis chapter 1, we're going to look at what happened when God created mankind. Um, verse 26 and 27. Um, someone want to read that? Go for it, Corinne. Uh, 26 and 27. Okay. And God said... So this is the beginning of, of us, of people, right? And God sat and he had a purpose, right? But before that, he had an image of who he would be. And it was being like him, right? That's where the identity comes from. And then what's cool is let's get down to verse 31, right? In verse 31, this is, at, you know, he goes into a little more detail about what he wants the people to do and gives the commands and la-di-da-di-da. And then it says, God saw all that he had made 
and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And what I find really cool about this, right, is that God had a purpose for people, but it wasn't when people did anything that he declared us good. It was before mankind did anything that we were very good. There's a job, right? There's a purpose that God has. There's good works he has for us to do. And yet, that's not where the good starts. The good starts in who God created us to be, to be like him and to be with him in this relationship. It's, it's crazy because it says that in, um, there was evening and there was morning. So in the Jewish view of days, it starts at night. Like your day doesn't start, you know, in the morning when you get up and you do your work, whatever. It starts with when we would normally consider rest time, sleep time, right? You're not starting your day with like, okay, we're, we're, but that's not how we think, right? We're like, all right, we get up in the morning, let's go, da-da-da. And sometimes we can wake up and feel like we are not worth anything until we've done something to prove ourselves. And you get up and we're like, okay, I've got my to-do list, whatever. And depending on what gets done or what doesn't get done, that's how we define how good we've been. That's how we determine whether, you know, our, you know, how our relationship with God is, da-da-da, is, okay, what have I accomplished? And sometimes that can even stretch over a lifetime, right? You look and you're like, okay, these are the things that I had planned. These are the goals. These are the milestones I was supposed to reach. And whether you reach them or you didn't reach them, it determines if I'm good, right. if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, if I'm, if, if I'm worthy of God's love. And he says, you were good at the start. I created you and I created works for you, but your goodness started before then. You do the works because you're good. Yeah. You do the works because that's how, who God is and that's how he's reflected in you, but not um, because that's you proving your goodness. Does that make sense? And I think that's something that's really important for us to get in touch with because sometimes when we think of being before doing and trying to slow down and step back, it feels like, okay, but I might lose myself. It's scary to be like, okay, if I slow down and try to focus on being with God first, then who, who am I without all the stuff that I do? And saying, it's, it, it's okay. It's okay to slow down and go back because that's what God designed us for. So we're going to go forward a little bit where the story goes off the rails a little bit in Genesis 3. So in Genesis 3, uh, verse 7, I have this wrong minutes. Can someone read verses 7 to 10 in Genesis 3? Go for a part. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Yeah. So this is where things go wrong, right? Most of us, we know the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, and God's like, hey, this is the one thing I don't want you to do, and they go ahead and do it, and it's like, oh, man. So what's, what I find so interesting is I think most of us know that this is the part of the story where you realize just how bad things have gotten, 
right? You know it's kind of bad when Eve eats the apple. You're like, okay, that wasn't good. And they look and their eyes are open. But this is the part where God really illustrates for us, like, this is, this is the consequence of the sin, right? This is the thing that makes things terrible, is that this whole time they've been out, they're naked, they're having a good time with, with God and his good creation, and they're together, and then now they're hiding. Now there's shame. Now there's separation for the first time. So much so that God looks out, and he's like, where are you? And there's a lot of scholars who are like, where are you isn't like a, I literally don't know where you are, right? It's more of like the rhetorical parent, like, you're not where you're supposed to be. So what are you doing over here? Like the same way if you saw, you know, a kid and they're doing something that, you know, that doing, like, what are you doing? You know very well what they're doing, but you want them to recognize, oh, yeah, I am, I am doing the thing. So God shows up and he looks and he's like, you're supposed to be with me. Like when I show up, you show up and we do this thing together. And now I showed up in the garden and you're not here. Where, where are you? I think that's a question that God still asks us. Where are you? And sometimes we're moving so fast, we don't even stop to really think about it. We're like, we're going, we're doing, we're taking care of whatever, and we're, we're making sure our houses are together and light on, like, okay, click, so, you know, throw up a prayer, you know, read, read scripture. But even in that, we may not be where God is. We're focused on our agenda and our thing and, and making sure that our anxieties and our worries, we're trying to manage them in the way that we know how. And God's like, I'm, I'm here. I'm wanting to spend time with you. I'm wanting to partner with you. I'm wanting to work with you. Where are you? Where are you? And he is so important. I wonder, I wonder sometimes what would have happened if, and maybe it would have been the same, who knows, but I wonder what would have happened if Adam and Eve would have sinned and had been able to look past that and connect with God if they, if they hadn't hidden. I don't know if maybe it wasn't possible. Maybe that's just, you know, the, the natural consequence of the sin. But I, I wonder what would have happened if they could have come out and say, here we are, and, it's, and we're naked and we're ashamed and it's hard and we're scared, but we're here with you. Um, and all we see through the scriptures from that point on is God trying to get back to that point with his people again of them being able to be with him. Let's jump ahead into Exodus chapter 33. So in Exodus chapter 33, in the beginning, I'm going to read um, verses 1 through 3 first. And it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. Ooh. Yikes, indeed. So I said, yikes. Agreed. Right. So God is obviously, like, fed up. Israel's gotten on his last nerve, right? And he's like, you know what? Okay, fine. I will give you what I promised you. I'll give you the land. You'll go there. Be happy. But I'm not going with you. Like, genuinely speaking, 
how many of us, if God gave us everything that we prayed for and that we wanted, right? Except for those of you super spiritual people who just pray for the presence of God, right? If you, everything that you prayed for would be like, all right, that's cool. Like, I'll take that. And he's like, okay, well, my presence isn't going with you. And you're like, well, I don't know. Like, I, re- I really do want that career. I really do want it. I really, I really want that kid. I really want, I really want child. I really, really want the spouse. I really, really want to get, you know, that perfect house, that perfect situation. I really, really want my family to be this way. And God is like, okay, I'll get, I'll give you the stuff of my, my presence. Do you really desire my presence? And I think, I think it's so amazing is that then further down in verse 15, uh, Moses says to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Moses, for all his different shortcomings, right, understood that the presence of God was the most important thing that being with God was the most important thing, that nothing that they accomplished mattered if it was outside of the presence of God. It would be empty without God's presence there. And I think that's something that we really need to take stock of, both materially and even in a spiritual sense. It can be really challenging because we may think we're doing something that's spiritual. It's we're, we're on you know, the mission. Okay, I'm reaching out to people, whatever, or I'm teaching, or I'm whatever. And if we don't engage with the spirit of God first, if we don't engage with God's presence first, he may very well give us the outward evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll be empty and we won't be the people of God. We'll be people who do, people who've conquered, right? But conquering isn't uh, the entirety of what God's desire is. His desire is to be with his people and to abide with his people. And that has to be our desire first and foremost. Now, the cool thing is that as much as Moses had this understanding, okay, I want, I want to be with God, God says, I want to be with you, and I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that it can make this happen. Despite all your shortcomings, I'm going to meet you more than halfway. And that's what we see when Jesus comes. Um, we don't necessarily have to turn there right now. It's a long time. But um, in John chapter 1, you know, it says, I'll, I'll read out here. Um, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then in verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. I think what's really incredible about Jesus, right? And, 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 following Jesus is that he understood in the most fundamental way what it meant to be with God in being God. And it says right there, he was was God. He was with God, like the most intimate relationship you can imagine. And in coming to earth, he does two things, right? He is God dwelling among us, which is fired up, right? Like, yes, he's here. He's here. He's with us. But he also subjects himself to a human form so that we can see what it looks like to try to be with God in our human 
body. So when we look at Jesus and we look at him going and, and, and praying, right, and taking that time and him lifting up people who decided to leave things to follow him and him lifting up people who were able to look past all the distractions and, and sit at his feet, I'm looking like, okay, Jesus is, is doing more than just giving you a checklist of things to do, right? He's giving an, an example of what it looks like to walk with God, even though we're human, even though we're tired, even though we're busy, even though we're worried, he shows us how to be with God. Um, and so when we're looking at Jesus, we get to be um, excited about seeing someone who, who really knows what it's like to be with God in like the most spiritual, ethereal sense, like, but also in the most visceral, human, physical sense. Um, so we can trust that following him um, will lead us to what it means to be with God, right? And I was going to read John 17. We're not going to read it right now, but just we'll talk about it at a later date. Just know God, guys. That's eternal life. That's what he says. Um, But finally, Revelation, right? I said that this is where it begins, what's in the middle, and where it ends. Ends in Revelation. And you're like, oh, gosh. Like, sometimes we're just like, just forget it all. I just want to get to heaven, right? Like, like, deuces, guys. I'm, I'm tired of all this hard work. But guess what? Guess what's waiting? Revelation 21 in verse 3. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. That is what we're looking forward to. That is what the story of God is building to. That is what everything that we do is for. It's so that we can be with God. His dwelling will come and we'll say, you're not unfamiliar to me. I know you. He looks and he says, you're not unfamiliar to me. I know you. We've been spending so much time. You've been walking with me. When I set up my kingdom and I set up my city, you're going to look and you say, I understand exactly how this works because I've been spending a lifetime enjoying your presence. I'm so excited to get to enjoy it for eternity. We don't want to be surprised, right? Like, oh man, this is, this is what God's presence is all about. Oh man, like what did I, I wasn't thinking about what your presence, but to be excited about that, right? Be excited and say, you know what? It's, it's not just about, you know, having like a hedonistic, you know, whatever. I can eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want, do whatever I want. But like, man, like really enjoying God's presence. That's what it's all pointing towards righting the wrongs that began in Genesis and being able to dwell with the people, right? So that is the vision, hopefully, right? Hopefully we're encouraged, we're inspired, like, yeah, I want to be with God. And now we're like, how? Um, What do we do? Um, So obviously there's so many things and so many reasons that some of us may have Challenges, and by some of us, I mean all of us, right? Challenges in being with God. And here's where I want to open up a little bit discussion-y, right? So what are some of the things that make it challenging for us to be with God in this way and to enjoy his presence before doing for him?
it's really easy to overcomplicate, <laughs> for sure. I hear you. Yeah. Anybody else want to share? Yeah. Yeah, I can totally understand what you call the hyper side, but just like the, um, my overacting brain. But then also, I think just sometimes having this thing of like shoulds, like you should rather than like you can. Like what you're talking about is like you should be doing this or I should. And so the relationship with God feels like these like un like never ending things to do rather than freedom. Yeah. Um, so I think the shoulds and like kind of starting from there rather than starting. I should text that 
takes a lot for me to be like, don't text that person, write it down so you can do it later. <laughs> but yeah. later is not always guaranteed. I might get asked for a snack and derail, <laughs> and I don't like that. I don't want to be derailed. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just stop with that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of limitations. Oh, Barb. I think I've been where you guys are, you know, in, in, in that stage, and I remember you look back and it's like, wow, it was so long ago. But I, I think for me, it ties into the Mary Martha syndrome. Like, thought, like, yeah, like, I only have so much time. Yeah. And I think as I get older, I think for me, it's the disappointments or the devastations or the phone calls of this person died or this person, this person may. Or So I think for me, it's like, that's where Satan really works to get my eyes off Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, the goal is heaven. And when we lose people we love who are, that's the goal, but it's our selfishness. Our selfishness brings sadness. So I think for me, a lot of times it's just I get stuck, like with my granddaughter. That was a devastation this year. Like all things are looking, and it's like, and it still could be. I don't know God's timing, but those things kind of get me stuck. But then when I go for a prayer walk, right, I'm like, wow, like I'm gonna look at all she's brought. You know, I'm gonna look at all the good. And there's so much, and there's people I'm meeting because of this. So I think for me, it's kind of like just trying to keep my eyes on the narrow road because the goal is heaven. And, but it's just the disappointments or what is it like? We make plans, but God directs our steps. Like these plans were to go this way. And God's like, I've got you going a lot of other ways that are his ways that are better. But I think for me, it's just those are the things. I think for me it's a lack of self-discipline. Um, it's like a lot of other people can say easier to do what you know compassionately was easy and on game system that but more likely to do than out by time. And I think that in part comes from the lack of, of self-discipline. Yeah. yeah. There's a certain degree of discipline involved, for sure, in saying, all right, I'm going to rearrange. Yeah. Now, before I jump into some practicals, right, I really also would like to hear from, we're all on this journey together, right? So even though we have our shortcomings and our challenges, I know that we also have our strengths. And as you guys are exploring and you're trying, I would love to hear if anyone wants to share from your personal experience of, of trying to be with God, what are some victories what are some things you're like this this works for me this helps that you that you like to share with with your sisters um i think so i love reading and um when i'm reading things that are like really getting my ears turning i think it it like sets i i just become alive and it i like engage with the bible differently um everything is is turning and even the emotionally healthy spirituality was like that for me when i i was reading at the same time as jules and we were we were always talking about it with each other and i was talking about it with everyone and it i i for me if i like if i don't have books around then i'm not going to read and then i'll just and then it'll be a long time and then i'm just totally my thumb 
you know, like, oh, okay, or I'm gonna borrow this from someone, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw down the money and buy this book, or I'm gonna order it from the library or something, you know, and, and like, just kind of keep the things coming at me that get me excited. Um, I think that's, that's something that, yeah. So having like a, it's not always like, what am I gonna study or focus on, but just something to get my gears turning. Um, and that, yeah, that, that helps me a lot. That does. Yeah, thanks. Helps kickstart me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to share? Oh, I like to do things in my Bible. I love to. It helps me to have a stillness. This is similar to the language thing, but like I studied out all the unusual women of the Bible, or I studied out mm-hmm. all the practice of Jesus's compassion, or how we show compassion, or how we show courage. Mm-hmm. Or, like I, I just sort of decide, mm-hmm. and I think that it helps me to keep going with that. And I also do a lot of journaling. Another vote for music.
look like you know just I think that is really really that that's been a powerful thing for me is to connect with sisters yeah um, to remind each other of God's truth yeah yeah is your hand up or are you resting resting is that Oh, okay. <laughs> Amen. No, this is, I'm, I'm so grateful for everyone sharing because I think, I think both are important to be able to share our weaknesses, but also the ways in which God is teaching us yeah. and that he's, we're, we're, we're growing and we're able to learn from each other and say, okay, that's something that can help me. Um, there, there are three basic things that I want to talk about like in terms of exploring being with God, right? And really kind of breaking things down to, to, to the bolts, right? Before we jump forward and be like, okay, now it's due time, like really slowing down. And that's number one, slowing down, right? And I think a lot of us have mentioned, you know, we've got a lot of things to do, got a lot going on. And the challenge is if you look at your day and you're like, man, I don't have any time to be with God. Some, some, there's too much going on in there, which is, I know you're like, okay, easy enough for you to say, Julian. But before I was here, right? <laughs> I was working a shift job that the shifts changed like every single day and I could be working as early as 7.30 in the morning and as late as 8.30 at night and then I gave birth and then I had a child who woke up at you know at least 6 a.m. every day and I'm not a morning person and I'm also not a night owl. I'm like operate best between the hours of 9 and 5 and everything else is <laughs> you're lucky you get what you get. Um, <laughs> not focused. Um, and I Five, you already know, I have ADHD. So whatever's gone on in my brain cells and it's been unmedicated for a very long time. And I'm winging it a lot of times. So even the idea of like, oh, you know, this is you do. I always feel like I'm behind the eight ball. I always feel like I'm, you know, playing catch up, whatever. And one of the things that I'm really working on developing this conviction about is like, man, if it feels like I've got too much to do in order to be with God, then something else has to go. God can't be the thing to go. It has to be, he has to be first. He has to be the priority. I have to figure out how to rearrange something, how to let something go, how to say, God, this, this one belongs to you. I just have to trust you that you're going to take care of this thing because this is one thing on my plate too many. And let it go and slow, slow down and figure out, okay, like maybe there's another way of doing things, rearranging. Um, someone mentioned like discipline. I think that's part of the discipline, the discipline to look undisciplined a little you know and say like okay like the world says you gotta okay i i can slow down i can trust god um even in reading our bible right so we're like okay we know we got to read the bible right but i think that even in that it's very easy to jump forward you read the bible and you're like okay now what do i do here's a command here's a command here's the thing here's do 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 i we read ourselves into the story you read the bible to see ourselves like okay David and Goliath, I'm David, I gotta have faith, do do do. Instead of reading the Bible to see God. So I wanna encourage you guys, and it's not that there aren't commands or things to see for ourselves, but, but to make that at the end, right? The very end, like maybe even like for a while, try not to do it at all because that's our default, right? And we say like, okay, how long can I go reading the Bible and literally just saying, God, what are, we sh- what are you showing me about your character? That that's a time to spend with God and not with our anxieties and our, and our shortcomings and like, this is where I need to grow, this is where I need to grow. But yeah. God, who, who are you? What are you doing? What's in your character? Looking at David and Goliath and saying, wow, that's, that's Jesus. Not that's me, you know? Like, I'm, 
I'm Israel. I'm, sh- I'm shaking on the sidelines. I'm like, oh, I'm scared. I can't do it. And God's like, yeah, I can do it. Like being able to see who God is through the scriptures and have that be a time also of being with him and enjoying his presence and just appreciating him for who he is and letting him be enough. And in our prayers, right? You know, we got to pray, pray. I got to pray about this. I got to pray about that. One of the hardest things that I've been trying to do, again, I have ADHD, right? It's incorporating silence into prayer, incorporating silent time. I'll be honest. I started with 30 seconds. So time for 30 seconds because I try to work up to a minute. A minute and a half. I'm at two minutes, guys. I'm fired up. Um, just, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to rush into bringing my request to God. I'm not going to rush into God fix me, this or that. Leave some space to listen. Leave some space to enjoy being in his presence, to acknowledge that he really is present, that I'm not leaving a voicemail for God, but that he's here with me. Um, and so for me, what helps with that is, you know, sit, okay, I set my little timer, I do, so I know that there is an end in sight, because that's where I am right now, um, and then, you know, my mind wanders, which it does, and it's being gracious, like, okay, my mind wandered, Jesus, I wanted, I'm here with you, Jesus wanted, okay, like, just short phrase to bring myself back to what the purpose of the time is, um, but I do think, I really think that's, makes a huge difference. I think any of us who really like pursue like, okay, being still for a moment, you, you see the difference and feel a difference when you're like, I surrendered that time to God. It, I, I legit was just like, I'm going to be in your presence and that's going to be enough. Um, and I think, you know, I, and I think part of that also is not going into that saying, okay, what's God going to do this time when I sit with him in science? You know, he might not say anything. He might not do anything. We're not trying to twist God's arm and make him do anything. We're trying to just enjoy his presence. And he does do things. That's how he is. But we're not trying to manipulate the situation. We're just trusting him and trusting his timing and trusting what he's going to do in that time and that it'll be enough. Right? So those are three things. Slow down. Read your Bible looking for God, not yourself. And incorporate silence in your prayer time. Some things to try. Right? And now, Homework homework Mm-mm. and I'm like Julian we're supposed to be before doing we did we be and now we're gonna do a little bit okay so I have short term this month long term right short term homework right reflect on how you're feeling go home sometime in the next 36 hours right so you're gonna sleep you're gonna do things whatever in the next don't want to get too far away from now right but the next 36 hours just set aside some time to really reflect about how you feel about what we talked about today about being with God, about the lesson, whatever you're feeling excited about, you know, oh, being with God, you're feeling anxious, feeling guilty, shamed, totally apathetic, I'm numb, I don't care, whatever. And I mean, writing may help, you know, writing it out, do do do, maybe on a little phone note, whatever. I think that that is usually ideal. Um, but reflect on what you're feeling. And ask God, where, where is that coming from? What is he showing you in what you're feeling, right? Because all these reactions that we have, they, the feelings aren't good or bad. They, they are signposts. They, it's like the, looking at the thermometer and being like, oh, the thermometer is good or bad because it tells you what the temperature is. Like, okay, you, you look at it, assess, okay, what, where is that coming from? What's God trying to tell you? 
maybe he's trying to tell you, Julian, you're not a great communicator, and you, like, you, you need to go tell that sister, hey, these are ways that you can help this connect with me better. And that, that'll be good, and we can have a good constructive conversation about it. Be gentle. I do have feelings. Um, and God will be glorified. Or maybe you look and you're like, man, like, I'm feeling just super exhausted or whatever, and this feels like one more thing on my plate. Okay, well, there was something disconnected there if this feels like oh man this is another thing on my plate this should be the opposite of that so where's that coming from that sort of thing right so that's the short term 36 hours reflect on what you're feeling explore those feelings with god right two this month explore ways of being with god maybe you try one of the three things you know you try being try a little silence you try a different way of reading you try one of the things one of the other sisters suggested listening to music reading a book explore ways of being with god it's it's okay to experiment a little it's okay to practice right <laughs> i mean like we're we're in this together you know what i mean we don't all have it figured out so you're like okay let me let me try some some other ways of being with god and really seeking him for for his own sake and then long term right share the journey right one of the things i really appreciate about being even like a smaller group is we get to talk a little more and i do want you know, the later midweeks to be more interactive even. Um, but that's something that we can continue throughout the week, talking to each other, saying, hey, you know, this is what, you know, I've, I've been learning and trying to be with God. How's it going with you? Do we, we support each other. We encourage each other. And even sharing with people who, you know, aren't, aren't here, sharing with the people who are listening to the recording. You know, if you're listening to the recording, reach out to someone and try to connect with them and try to, you know, like, let this be something that we're, yeah. we're doing together and even not being afraid to, um, talk to our friends who maybe don't care about God at all, you know? And they're like, what, what were you up to? Well, I spent a couple of minutes alone just trying to enjoy God's presence. What? Yeah, man. It was really, it was really centering. It really helped me Get, get, get my mind in order for the day, you know? Um, don't be scared to share that stuff. So, and thanks, you guys. You're awesome. Yeah. Yeah.